Heavenly Father, as we as we draw to the end of this Advent season, we have spent time reflecting on you and your word, on your promises to us, on our own lives, our own condition, and our need for a Savior. We pray that as we put the final touches on our, our preparations for the celebration of the birth of Jesus, that you, by your Spirit, would put the preparations on our lives to know the truth of your word and to walk and to live by it each day. Father, we pray, help us, help us to, to echo the words of Mary. May it be to me as you have said. We pray this in the precious name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. The King of Grace. But what is grace? I've heard the word defined by breaking it into an anachronism, using the first letter, God's riches at Christ's expense. Some of you I know have heard that. and I was pondering that, and I'm thinking about that in light of, of who Christ is and and what grace is all about, and pondering it in light of, of our gospel lesson this evening. And it occurred to me that the grace is not easy. We say God's riches at Christ's expense. But it wasn't just Christ who paid the price. God the Father. In sending His Son into this world, knowing that His Son was going to be put to death on a cross, God Himself pays a price. He grieves at the death of His Son. And yet God, knowing what was going to happen, still did not withhold His Son from us, but gifted Him to us. Anybody ever wonder where the tradition of wrapping packages with ribbons and bows came from? They were originally done with red ribbon in this shape, shape of a cross to remind us of the blood of Christ shed for our sins. How many Remember that origin of a tradition today. This gift of God comes to us to bestow God's grace to us, and yet He comes in difficult ways. In our gospel this evening, we hear of this young woman named Mary. Now, let's put things into perspective a little bit. We read in the text that she's betrothed to Joseph, who is of the line of David, the house of David. Now, betrothal was stronger than an engagement that we're familiar with today. It was a contract between two families. 
Little Johnny's, you know, playing in the yard, and you go, whoa, he's a nice young boy. I hope that when we have a daughter someday that she can marry Johnny. And sure enough, you have a daughter. You go to the next-door neighbors, and you make this arrangement, this contract, that Johnny's going to marry your daughter when she's of age. By the way, the marriage took place when she was of age, which generally was around the age of 14. You all would be married by now. Some of you many years ago. Couldn't resist. You know, parents, think about that. Would you be ready for your daughter to be married at the age of 14? I'm not even ready at the age of 22. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> well, we know she's not married yet. So that makes her 13. And like many in her town, perhaps she is out doing the chores. Maybe it's early in the morning and she's drawing water from the well to bring it back home. But somewhere, Gabriel meets her. And he gives those words of greeting. Hail, you who are highly favored by God. And the text says, Mary was wondering what kind of greeting this might be. You know, think of it. A perfect stranger walks up to you and says those words. You're kind of... And then he says, Mary. He calls her by name. And he begins to tell her that she is highly favored by God and that she is going to become pregnant, that is, with child, and that she's going to bear a son and call his name Jesus and she kind of questions back and says how's this going to happen cuz I'm not even married and he says the the shadow of the most high will come upon you and the child will be called the son of god this grace call this a gift? I'm going to be pregnant and I'm not married? You know what the penalty for that is? Stoned to death. How's this going to be? Mary? Your cousin Elizabeth, who is well past childbearing years, is in her sixth month of pregnancy. You see, Mary, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary then utters those words of faith. May it be to me as you have said. But you know what she does, and it's not in our text here. 
It, the text goes on and says, and immediately she left town. She went off into the hill country of Judea to find her cousin Elizabeth. Now, do you think she had just going there to say hi to Elizabeth? No, she's going there to what? No, that happens, but... Yeah, she's going to check out the story of this stranger she just met. He told me my cousin Elizabeth is in her sixth month. I'm going to go find out. And she gets there. And she greets Elizabeth. And immediately the baby that is in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. Mary can see Elizabeth's pregnant. And then something happens. Elizabeth tells Mary, the baby leapt for joy when he heard your voice. And I am blessed to be the first one to greet you as the mother of our Lord. She confirms Mary's pregnancy, and Mary's probably not even far enough along to know that she's pregnant. Luke tells us that Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months. Let's see, six plus three equals nine. She's probably there when John the Baptist is born. But now, she returns back to Nazareth. This gift of God, this isn't easy. This is hard. I gotta tell Joseph, I gotta tell my family. I'm from a small town and gossip spreads fast. God's riches and Christ's expense. It wasn't easy for Mary. It wasn't easy for Joseph. For you see, this gift that God gives to us in this King of Grace is certainly born in a manger in Bethlehem, but he comes, this gift of grace, to give us his life. That we might be forgiven that we might be bestowed with the grace and forgiveness and love and mercy of God the Father because He comes to take your sins, my sins, and the sins of this world upon Himself to the cross. Grace isn't easy. We talk about it as a free gift and yet prices were paid. God paid the price in sending him. Mary and Joseph paid the price of what people thought 
We know later they had to flee to Egypt. Carrying the gift of grace is not easy today in our world. We start to try to share the gift and sometimes we receive the insults or the abuse or the unkind words or the cold stares or the brushed off shoulders. We have this great gift that we so passionately want to share. The world just wants to ignore it and leave it unopened. When you think about it, the world today isn't a whole lot different from the world in which the babe was born. John reminds him the world knew him not. The world would rather live in darkness than in light. And yet the same truths of then are the same truths that we hold to today. The Father's love begotten. The words ring through the years and they touch our lives. And you see, we have experienced God's amazing grace for our lives. A grace that comes to us because of the gift opened for us at a manger and at a cross. A gift that no one here deserves. But a gift that we hold dear, a gift that we still work to share with the world around us. It's not easy, this grace. Never has been. But it's always been amazing. This king, this king, whose birth we are about to celebrate, brings to us the gift of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all of our human understanding keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.